ready for 2023. In January, Into the Apex will return to the historic Daytona International Raceway for the Rolex 24 for the biggest roadshow yet. Porsche, Porsche, BMW, BMW, Cadillac, Cadillac, Acura, Acura. Who will begin the GTP era victorious? Follow IntoTheApex.com for trip details and meet up with the show live from Daytona Beach. and virtual motorsport meet from the ita studio to the paddock to the sim rig pull up a chair pour a drink this is the into the apex podcast into the apex It's Into the Apex here in the studio, Tyler in the main studio, and uh, joining me is Patrick Stein. Rob Gregoire is dealing with a skunk issue tonight during the main part of the show. Uh, I'm not going to go into any more detail. I'm just going to let you use your imagination. Joining us in the extra seat is Dre Divatz from The Wrong Stuff Racing. Uh, the bearded serve himself, although on the monitor, no longer bearded, but very heavily mustached. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, guys. I'm excited to be back. We have actually got tonight, uh, we're going to, on the show, we're going to make uh, an announcement of a major event coming in 2023, uh, some big projects that we're working on together uh, with Dre and the wrong stuff. Stay tuned for that. I'm going to tease it and we're going to set that on the, on the side table here and we're going to come back to that before the break. Uh, first, I want to get uh, your guys' takes as, as Rob and I did a little mini show uh, earlier in the week to kind of jump on this BMW GTP stuff in iRacing. Uh, I want to give you guys a chance to give some other takes uh, on that uh, for you guys. So uh, some more news that we got. Uh, Bradley kind of piped up a bit and said that he saw what I was discussing in that mini episode that uh, we expect uh, we expect the LMP2s, or a lot of people do, to be BOP'd uh, if we get that BMW in uh, a Daytona for the Daytona 24. We expect it to be BOP'd. Uh, what I understood was, and what I think a lot of people do, is that the LMP2 is, has been kind of powered up a bit because it's been given the power of the DPIs in this era of iRacing in which we never got any, a DPI. Sadly, I guess we never will, but, but we'll get our consolation in these GTPs. So first, I'll throw out there, takes on this BMW. Is this the car that you guys would have wanted above the Acura, the Cadillac, the Porsche? What do you think? Uh, Patrick, I'll start with you and then, then to Dre. <sighs> Anything. I would have just taken anything at this point because you couldn't do two classes. You had to have at least three classes, I think, especially with Daytona and uh, Sebring. You can't do two classes. You got to have three. So I'm, I'll take what I can. That's all I care about. Yeah, I think myself and I feel like most of the community were uh, really wanting the Cadillac. 
that's that was my my feeling um but i can't lie that bmw does look pretty damn sexy yeah the grill lights as we talked about i mean aesthetically outstanding uh as far as the sound the cadillac is going to win every time uh, but oh, i do yeah. I, I appreciate the bmw and the porsche sound but i mean the cadillac is the cadillac you just can't it, it's a, it's outstanding uh for somebody that may if you take somebody for the first time to the track the Cadillac is going to get their attention every time. Uh, here's to hoping that we get more than one, uh, as this is the beginning of an era. Um, are but, all the G are all the GTPs hybrids? I think so. Yeah, I okay. think so. But don't hold okay. me to it. Okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure hybrid. that's where they're moving to. So that's interesting. Okay. I I hope it's easier to drive than the LMP1. I feel like it it should be. Uh, we did get this bit of information since the middle, early part of the week. Uh, iRacing put out some information about being very careful not to say when that the car would be released. So they're not, it's interesting, they're not tying themselves themselves down to the December build, which is, I think, what everybody's gut feeling is. Um, they're not holding themselves to anything in particular, but they are saying that they've decided how it will fit into uh, European Sprint Series and IMSA Series in the, on the uh, official sessions. Uh, they will be knocking out the McLaren GT3 and IMSA and adding that as a class. So you will have three classes in IMSA. That makes it three classes for possibly the Daytona 24 in January, three classes for Sebring, Watkins Glen, Petit Le Mans in 2023 uh, for special event-wise. Uh, so McLaren lovers, you're out of luck. In IMSA, I don't think that's a huge deal myself. Uh, but you, that means the LMP2 is going to be stuck there in the middle. It's no longer the top dog. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, so we know that. And ESS, the, obviously, the obvious answer is LMP1 is being replaced. They're going to do some reimbursements if you bought those LMP1 cars recently. Uh, LMP1's out, and the BMW GTP is in as the fastest class uh, in ESS. And then you have the LMP2s and the GTEs. So... Here's a question. The next question, probably the final question of this conversation, and it's going to linger for a month or more now. It, I'm kind of, I, I'm really excited for this, but in the back of my mind, I'm a little irritated because as I've so we've talked about Rob and I and, and, and through these, these topics, Daytona prep for the Daytona 24, virtual Daytona 24 starts at the end of November, typically, at least at the latest early December. So this build comes, say, mid-December or some point like that. Uh, it's it's going to take time away. It's going to take uncertainty away because number one, if we get the GTP, some people are going to change their mind. But number two, if they BOP, if they power down the LMP2, what's the point of practicing in that LMP2 at its current power if we're going to lose a ton of power? Uh, I don't know how much it's going to be, but I'm just kind of I'm like I want when I'm practicing, I want to know I'm practicing exactly what I'm going to compete with, and I don't want to have to reset my mind. Uh, I know I've rambled on a bit. I'm going to throw it out to the room to to give some takes on this, if you have any. I don't think it's going to come out before Daytona. That's my guess. That That's something that, – that's a big deal for them to just, hey, we'll throw this car in there right before Daytona, you know, and with not just the special events, but people putting on leagues, multi-class leagues and things like that. Like, this could be a, a change for some classes – or so, for some series – and that doesn't give enough you know, enough time, I would think. They could do it just because they want to push it out, but uh, I think that would be a bad mistake on their part. It's it's a loaded question for me. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't think they'll have it out, you know, week one of the new season. Do I see them? I almost see, like, season two, I would say, is when they're going to have it. But if they, for some reason, rush it or whatever, and they do bring it out, say, before the 24, and they BOP, they obviously BOP just the overall performance of the LMP2. Think of it like this. It's like if you're in a GT3 for Daytona, they always get BOP'd a week in advance. So you've been preparing for, say you've been preparing since Thanksgiving for the Daytona 24. You don't know what the BOP is going to be until the week before, so... It's kind of like that if you if you want to put a spin on it. So that's the way I look at it. But I, I think they'd rush it if they would do it. So I'll give you credit. Yeah, I think you you make a good point there. Uh, I think in my imagination, I'm picturing a really dramatic reduce in power, and therefore a dramatic way a, a, a dramatic way in which it drives in the on the on the circuit uh, because I guess here's here's the way I'm framing it in my mind and the way what concerns me. Is uh, so. So here's an example. In our Monday night series, we do a support series of Formula Four. Then we do our main series, um, longstanding uh, GT3 league, uh, and it's got mixed class. But I've been driving the GT3 in it. So for me, each week, each Monday night, I'll run. We do the same tracks, different cars. Uh, I'll do that F4 race at say Indianapolis Road, and I'll somehow I'll acclimate to the dramatic difference downforce speed of that F4 car. And then, but and when I'm done with that race, 30 minute practice, 15 minute or so race, um, just that short amount of time of of being on that track in that car, I jump on the same track to something that runs so different. I'm so out of whack for at least for a good amount of time. I'm I'm out of whack. I feel like I'm I'm messing myself up there. And I, I mean I'm not, I want to run both because it's fun and it's all about having fun. That's the point. But when it comes to the Daytona 24, that's sacred. <laughs> that's sacred. So I don't want to, I don't want to be swinging a bat with such a weighted, you know, a weight on it, heavy weight on it, and then you take the weight off or whatever. You know, get my analogy. It's all fucked up now, my analogy. But it's, I think everybody gets what I'm saying. I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I don't want to put in hundreds of laps, and then it it really dramatically gets shifted. If it's a subtle shift, I think we'll be okay. So am I am I panicking? Am I panicking? Talk me off the ledge. Here. Yeah, probably a little bit. Yeah, sure. you're you're freaking <laughs> out, man. You're freaking out. Um think back to when we had three classes with, you know, the LMT the first year LMP2. So you had LMP2, GTE and GT3. Um I remember that year it was, you know, But that LMP- didn't, didn't that match IMSA at the time? Pretty much, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So I, except for except for DPI wasn't in there, but right. And that's kind of I feel like iRacing's wanting to really match IMSA's classes. Yeah, because we can get close, but we can't do exactly what they do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So it's I don't know where I was going with that. I just yeah. Fuck, I don't even know where I was going. Never mind. <laughs> Go pay attention I'm, I'm to mind- me. I, I, I mind fucking. I, I understand Patrick because I know I'm mind fucking myself. Uh, I'm pretty sure about this whole thing. I'm I'm panicking. I'm panicking. 
I want I want to be confident in my practice. And uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. Go ahead, Patrick. Okay, now I know where I'm going. They're going to turn down the LMP2 if they put the uh, GTP in there. It's not You're freaking out. It's not going to be as much. It's still going to be faster than the GTE was. So it's going to be just turned down a bit. You think about it. It's been turned up to 11 and 12 right now. They're going to turn it down to an 8 or 9. Mm. And you could tell that it's at a, a 11 or 12 because even in our class, and even in our sprint league, our multi-class sprint league, those things are ridiculous compared to the GT3s right now. And I felt like they have definitely gotten faster overall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's insane. I mean, not we've talked about it before. The LMP2 class and multi-class racing has become a meme. Uh, I mean, God, I hope the GTP doesn't become the next one. Uh, it almost is to the point where I say it's not worth it to put prototypes in a multi-class road league because all you get is complain, complain, complain. So sorry, I know it's a sensitive spot for you. So you're on the wrong stuff, and you guys have have got the endurance multi-class. You've got the multi-class up and down, and uh, it's it's a tough operation to run. It's tough to be a driver. It's tough to be uh, an administrator, a steward, or what have you. Because, tell you uh, what, man, I mean, you, you can't hit please it, anybody. That's right. You hit a spot on, man. Like. And it doesn't matter, like, you could be a fast LMP2 driver, which we have tons of them, right? But then we have guys that are slow LMP2 drivers, but they want to drive the LMP2, which is fine. I love that people want to go out and try a different car, right? That's the whole point. That's why we can buy these things and go out and do some stuff, and that's what we try to let people do. But even the fast guys, man, like, getting into a corner, getting dive-bombed. And when you're in a battle with another guy behind you and you get dive-bombed, you know, it's time you slow down. They start catching up. It happened to me last week, you know, and it's like it doesn't matter who's driving, I feel like. And the multi-class stuff is tough. And I think with this GTP, if it's going to be faster, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be rough because if that's, you know, depending on the multi-class league, like we're thinking of changing a little bit, maybe getting rid of the LMP2 and going closer classes like GTE and GT3. So I don't know. I don't know how that's how this is all going to play out. It's going to be interesting. All types of people jump in these cars virtually. It's accessible to anybody. Uh, the behavior of people in, on any level of, of iRacing, whether it's official uh, sessions or league sessions that are supposedly a little more familiar, and that's the point, is you race against similar people, ideally, and you learn each other and you respect each other, ideally. Emphasis on ideally. Um, do we think, I mean, the reaction from victims, if we're going to turn this into a court hearing, the, the mindset of victims are that there's a lot of malicious intent by the perpetrator. Uh, do, we, do we think that there's such legitimately such malicious intent by people in these super fast cars to just go, uh, just punt left and right? Or is it just the nature, the difficulty of the sim? Uh, that it, that you just can't pull it off, and these mistakes are just going to happen way more often than the real product in real life. I feel like I just posed the most philosophical, deep, key question in iRacing history. I mean... What is the intent? Intent versus skill. <laughs> well, skill is relative, right? Because it doesn't matter because we are, at the same time, on a, you know... Hate to say it, a video game. At the at the end of the day, you know, we, I hate it. I hate it. Hey, I hate it. You know, I did it on purpose to just to rally you up a little bit. But um, 
in the sim, you know, we can hop in any car we want and drive the way we want, right? And no one could tell us, really, at the end of the day, meh, you didn't do that right. Because the officials, yep. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, right? Leagues are different. Leagues can be controlled a little more, are taught well. And that's what we try to do in ours is kind of teach the drivers to be better. And that's, that's, that's where I, I think of it there. But uh, I don't know what Patrick thinks on this one. <laughs> well, in the moment when it happens, oh, I'm fucking pissed. I'm fucking fuming. Road rage. Oh, I'm road raging. I'm swearing up and down. MF for this, MF for that. It, plenty more phrases that I'm not going to say right now. But but then I, I, I have to sit back and I got to go, I got to sit back for about 10, 15 minutes, cool off, but then go, it's a mistake. Shit happens. I've been in the LMP2 and I've done that. And people have done that to me where you go, you stupid son of a, you know, whatever. And you can you do get it, it over in, your head. Yeah, you, you can do it, it in head. any class of car. And it happens. It just happened with me too. So I wasn't involved, but I had a driver in our league hit me up because LMP2 made a kind of a weird move. Um, and I was, I rewatched the video and I am not a steward, so I don't know what to say, but I'm like, I told him, I was like, I feel like you made the mistake. I would have done something different. Right. And then the steward gave points to the, to the LMP2. So I was like, and the other guy I was talking to was in GT3. So I was like, oh, okay. So now I have to rewatch it and kind of see where the steward is coming from because he's certified. So it's like, okay, he understands how that was supposed to work out. And it, it doesn't matter. I feel it. I, we see it all the time. We see it all the time. And this this GTP might make it worse. <laughs> it might. It's going to take some, uh, you know, messing around, I think. I think for the at GTP. The, Patrick, that, that's the why they, the don't, day, they don't put it in here in December. That That's why I think. There's no way they're going to throw this car out in Daytona and just be like, here you go, have fun, guys. No, I, there's no fucking way, right? Like, now, now it makes more sense. Now it makes more sense that they would push this off a little bit. Now that I I'm want it for Christmas it. so bad. I want it for Christmas so bad, but I don't want it. And I want to know it's not coming. I want them to say right now it's coming after Daytona. So I'm like, we're going to drive that on Sebring. Hell yeah. We're going to drive it on Sebring. But when they do Part the of me first, wants it. But when they do the when? first big build of the year, there's always something big. I mean, for the most part. I mean, part. it's, it's got to be somewhat. It's got to be close to ready. We're probably going to get it in December. They wouldn't but. have made that big announcement on the iRacing server. That's true. That, that is true. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost half tempted to just adjust my own projected BOP on the LMP2 in a practice session. Just weight it down. Just weight that bitch down. Patrick, I was, I've been trying to make a point here, and I'm not going to let it bypass me. Uh, <laughs> if you get called a piece of shit on iRacing because you make a mistake with an LMP2, uh, you can you can always shut her out, shut her down, shut her off, and just go put, put on Netflix and watch an episode of Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, don't you know? I don't watch that shit. Fuck no. No, you don't. Well, I, it's I got, I got, I got five minutes into that. I turned it on. I was like, everyone's talking about this shit. Okay, I turned yeah. it on. Got five minutes into the beginning of the first episode, and I said, "Hell fucking no! Hell fucking no!" I'd I be watch out, it, like, and I'm like, he sounds like Patrick. Oh, he- you motherfucker! <laughs> it's that, you that motherfucker! 
It's that northern Chicago, Wisconsin accent. It's that mix of the uh, southern yeah. Wisconsin, northern Illinois one. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, don't I just want to take some photos. I just want to take some photos. Fifty dot five bucks. I take some photos. I'm just joshing around. That's what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, uh, but <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see what comes of of everything, and um, and yeah, we're gonna take a break here. And uh, coming up next on the show, we're going to talk about uh, some big announcements uh, with the Wrong Stuff Racing, and we're going to have a special guest on. Stay right where you are on Into the Apex. All right, we're back on Into the Apex, and uh, joining us tonight, we have a guest uh, from the sim racing world, and uh, this is not going to be unfamiliar to our uh, longtime listeners. Uh, Earlier this year, we sought out uh, brick-and-mortar sim racing centers. Uh, that's something that uh, I I hoped would exist, and when I did a quick Google search, I found that uh, a few of them exist, but not as many as I would like. And it's it's a business that I've since become fascinated with. Uh, joining us tonight is Jason Kotcher, owner of the Sim Racers Group in San Jose, California, and uh, he owns a sim racing center in California in that area. Jason, thanks so much for joining us on Into the Apex tonight. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, while we're talking, everybody check out simracersgroup.com, uh, the website for the center. And, uh, really to, to start off, Jason, I, I just asked you to talk about, uh, kind of a brief summary of what, of this project and, and what it's become for you, how it started and, and that type of thing. Yeah, I was uh, always fascinated with motorsports since I was a kid. Uh, I had a whole career as a mechanic and test driver chasing race cars all over the world. In 2010, I uh, got kind of tired of the road and came home to California, got a degree in finance. Now, mid to 2010s, I had heard about iRacing, um, but honestly, I thought it was just video games. I hadn't played video games since the 90s, and so in my head, so it was somewhere about Mario Kart, and uh, I was a, little technolo- <laughs> was a little technology out of touch. I don't know if you guys know or not, but there's been a little bit of uh, progress in technology advancement since the mid-90s to now. And, uh, yeah, so in 2020, uh, COVID hit and, uh, they put, you know, the IndyCar, I'm an IndyCar fan and the IndyCar series shut down. They put, I think it was five or six races on iRacing and I saw it on TV and just like, wow, I mean, blew my mind. The drivers were talking about the graphics and the detail of the force feedback. It looked amazing. So I said, I have to try this, um, got my rig together, uh, early 2021 and started playing. And I just was absolutely, totally in love with it. Played with it for a couple of years. Went a little crazy um, on my rig. I didn't get to motion or VR, but stationary chassis, haptic feedback, wind sim, big monitor, top of the line, um, fan attack equipment. I just loved it. I I always wanted to be a race car driver, and suddenly I was with a schedule and rivals and teammates and really got into the endurance road racing program. Uh, Had a couple of friends over. Uh, and they, I couldn't get them out of my rig. I mean, naturally, if they like motorsports and you plug them into something like that, they're going to love it. But it just sort of started to dawn on me that if you're into motorsports, like if you play basketball, you can go get a basketball league. If you're a baseball guy, you can go play baseball. There is a Tuesday night baseball league in your area. You can have it. As a kid and growing up in motorsports, it was your PlayStation or the real thing. And even go-karting can be at twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 in a season, like no problem. 
and sim racing starts to start to breach that middle a little bit, but still even $10,000 in a sim rig is no big deal. Um, and that prices a lot of people that are interested in and out of the market. So it just started, started to dawn on me with my friends that they're, you know, what if I had 10 of these things and I could rent them out and I could start racing leagues and everybody was really excited about it. So, uh, it, I got, I kind of had the idea came to mind in June of 2022. Um, and then in August I decided to go for it, uh, found this building that I'm in October 1st. And we opened the business October 15th. So it's about four months from what if I to sitting in it. So uh, I'm a little bit aggressive with my timeline. <laughs> Before we talk more about the, the physical uh, aspect and what you've created around sim racing, uh, I, I have to stop and, and generate conversation on, the, on what you just said about uh, the accessibility of motorsport fans to scratch that itch, so to speak. Uh, that's something I felt uh, uh, it resonates with me immediately about iRacing or any sim. Uh, that's something that we lack as motorsport fans. Like you said, you can, uh, I always say golf. I compare golf. If you like to watch golf, you can head out that same day for a fairly reasonable price and, and kind of scratch that itch and feel like you're getting in there. And it's always true. The more you watch something, the more you want to do it. The more I, when I go, I'm as a fellow IndyCar fan, when I went to mid Ohio and watch IndyCar, the only thing I want to do when I'm there is go back home and get on the rig and drive the IndyCar at mid Ohio. And, and when I'm on the rig, all I want to do is go watch the IndyCar at mid Ohio. It's a cycle that it's, it's a snake that's eating its tail, but yeah, that's, it's the best we can get. Uh, many of us, um, Carding being maybe the cheapest, like you said, it's 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 still expensive. You cannot just go out there and do it. But uh, yeah, that that hits quite close to home uh, and, and really justifies what we're doing. Um, but I, I, yeah, I had no idea it was such a short time uh, from the time that you conceived of this to the time that you uh, put it into play and it's in a physical location. And to me, that that's where I mean, literally, rubber meets the road. You're in a in a physical space. Uh, trying to bring people in and expose to them to this. And it's, uh, first thing I want to ask is when you get this going, uh, getting the equipment, getting everything in place, how difficult is that to, to go from a, an empty space to a space that's ready to bring multiple people into sim racing? Yeah. Um, there's sort of a blessing and a curse. It was difficult. You know, the most difficult thing about getting the space was telling people that aren't into motorsports what it is. I'm not a CrossFit gym. I'm not a Starbucks. <laughs> Sim racing, what the hell is that? I mean, businesses shut me down left, right, and center. They wanted promises from backers, investors, Santa Claus. I mean, it was, I, I was not <laughs> expecting it to be so challenging to get into a place. I mean, it's like an arcade. What, what is What are you doing talking about? And, um, but it also gave me time to do a lot of homework on sourcing components. Um, I was, I've been into sim racing for two years at that point. So I knew fan attack. I had a CSL elite. Um, I intentionally went with stuff that was sort of mid-level for a couple of reasons. One, my DD one will tear your arms off. If you don't know what you're doing, uh, the, the CSL elites at that six Newton is enough to feel it. It's not enough to hurt you. Mm. Um, no point in starting a business and hurting somebody and getting sued. So didn't want to do that. <laughs> and the accessibility. I mean, when you go on uh, Fanatec, especially since 
2020, oftentimes it was like, in my mind, originally I wanted the DDs. I thought that that was a perfect sweet spot, direct drive. You don't deal with belts. It's a good Newton uh, force feedback, but they're also expensive. Uh, and there, I sent Fanatec a message. I want to buy 10 of these things. And they told me no, which I, that, that kind of, that kind of blew my mind. I said, I want to open a business. I want 10 V3s. I want 10 DDs. And they said, no, one per customer. Um, oh, so wow. there are parts of the business, like there's parts of it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to throw them under the bus, but it was like, no, guys, like I'm not trying to hoard them and sell them for $5,000 a piece. I'm trying to open a company, <laughs> talk to me, Fanatec, hi, business, wouldn't, wouldn't have it. Um, so I just started on eBay buying CSL elites of pedals and wheelbase sets, um, and then got them and tested them and made sure that they worked. And so the challenges in finding the business actually gave me the time to source all the components. Um, monitors were easy. Computers are easy. Pedals weren't that tough. Wheelbases, really, I was looking at low mileage wheelbases. I ended up having to buy about 14 of them to find 10 that passed my quality you know someone even at twenty dollars an hour which isn't a ton of money i want someone to come in and sit down and, and feel like they're playing with good equipment um mm. so there were parts of it that were challenging that i didn't expect um there wasn't a whole lot of it that went easier than what i expected but we're very fortunate and i'll tell you something that really actually surprised me and that was the people that are in my inner circle that reached out to help me on a, we'll build this now, you pay me later. I mean, the guy that built my website was a lifelong friend. I owe that guy some cash. He's like, you know what, if I if I never get paid for this, it wasn't what it was about anyway, happy to help. Uh, my cousin uh, is in startups, uh, marketing for startups. She helped me. My best friend is an IT guy. He made sure all my computers were dialed. I mean, the people that came out to help me really touch my heart is people I've had in my life the whole time. And that was not something that I had expected that went so well. They really made it possible for me not to have to spend more money, delay timelines. I didn't have to learn an IT position. I just texted my best friend and he was there for me. So that, that sort of stuff, um, I felt extremely fortunate to have, and it wasn't something that I had anticipated but uh, I guess when you start a business for yourself, there's all sorts of things you find out that you wish you knew, that you don't know if you've ever, uh, if you ever tried to do that. But yeah, it was a short timeline, a very fortunate um, in most regards. And I just really wanted to share sim racing with the world. I mean, I'm not, you know, $20 an hour isn't going to make me rich. I'm not trying to make $100 million. I just want to get it out there for people to be able to drive cars and have fun, something healthy and productive to do. Um, and I'd also, well, I aspire to get 14 and 15 year old supervised kids in here to drive because I want them what passes for like driver training in this country kind of freaks me out mm. now. I'm for when I was 16, like, yeah, cool. A couple hours with my dad passed the test. I'm driving. And now I'm on the road. Like, Jesus, I wish that guy had, you know, a summer to get home. Um, they don't have the finances to make sim rigs like this publicly accessible on a, on a nationwide scale. Um, but in the San Jose area, if you're listening and you know someone that's 14 or 15 years old, they're going to be driving in a year, bring them on in for 20 bucks an hour. Let's talk about focused driving, situational awareness, vehicular dynamics, 
make a mistake and learn from it with a reset button before it's 18 months down the line and they're on the freeway. That's a very different, very different set of circumstances. So it's what we're trying to do here for the community, have some fun and uh, do some racing. That That's something we've brought up with uh, the real actual drivers, anybody that's driven from Lemons to Champ Car to IMSA, SRO, IndyCar that we've had on here. Uh, we always ask them if they have sim racing experience, break down for us the the comparison of sim to real, real to sim, everywhere in between. And there's always some kind of comparison. And I've, uh, since with this show, we've kind of gone, we've gone karting, we've done some karting trips um, and feel like legitimately we can describe where the sim and the sim rigs and that experience carries over into that physical aspect and then come back from it and and I feel like I've apl- I've gotten better in the virtual space and the sim space after getting on some kind of real track, whether uh, driving at pace speeds on mid Ohio and VIR. When I was able to do that, I feel like I understand those two tracks and and I racing better just because I understand the the 3D aspect of it. It's weird. It's very weird, um, but it, it's interesting and it, it gives you a little bit of even more of a hook into the sim to get out there and practice and get good in the sim. Uh, especially like you said, younger ages, it seems like the fastest people, the, the quote unquote aliens in the sim are 14, 15, 16, 17. And those are the, the kids that have a, a future in real motorsports starting young. There's no doubt in my mind that, uh, you know, Max Verstappen is a Formula One champion, is a multiple time now Formula One champion. He's on iRacing with like a 10,000 iRating and shows up and blows people's doors off. Um, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that now with the accessibility of iRacing and the cost effectiveness of the seat time that it will be a requirement. I mean, not that real racing will say if, if you're not sim racing, you can't race here, but just as a mental development, skill set development, you won't be able to be a champion if you started racing in your teens. I mean, you're going to be, yeah. you'll be 15 years old, you'll be 20 years behind. Um, it cracked me up in, uh, in the World Series of Poker. Uh, they were talking about similar as poker online started to happen. The, few, the previous generation could only sit at a table and play with their friends one hand at a time. When, when it hit the internet, kids are playing poker 24 hours a day, 10 hands at a time. I mean, the, the knowledge, the skill set, the experience, the statistical processing that goes on in your brain, you can, the future generations will get their doors blown off. You, you cannot possibly keep up with the skill set development and as the sim racing becomes more uh, accessible to the populace, the same thing will happen in motorsports. If you're not, if you're not 15 with 20 years of iRacing experience, you're going to be three seconds off the pace. I mean, that's that's just all there is to it. So it would be great, you know, in 2025 if they're asking some IndyCar champion how he got started and he starts talking about the sim racers group. I'll uh, I'll hit record on the DVR for that one. <laughs> I, I certainly think that's realistic. I mean, that's that's where we're going. I mean, the pandemic really accelerated, really brought it uh, sim racing mainstream. Uh, iRacing was was on NBC Sports and Fox Sports, like you said, the IndyCar, uh, the the still infamous Simon Paginal wrecking Lando Norris at the virtual Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I mean, that's that's legend now. Uh, and then R Factor with the virtual Lamar. Uh, that's one thing I want to ask. Uh, so 
Uh, we visited some uh, a sim racing center here in Nashville, North Carolina, and uh, they. I, I'm always interested. I know iRacing is not the only one out there. It's it's been our primary focus because we kind of invested so much into it. But uh, I found that with uh, the centers here in North Carolina, there is one made and one coming uh, that we're going to visit. But R Factor Two was more reasonable with their business model. Uh, what service do what do you use at uh, Sim Racers Group as far as the software? Yeah, currently we're on the iRacing platform, uh, and I went with them for familiarity and ease of use. Uh, I've understood with like a set of Corsa, their graphics are amazing. They've got rain. They they do have the lead in various aspects, but it wasn't very user friendly. Uh, for me, in my mind, this is where someone can come in. Hey. John, how you doing? Check in. I sit them down. They've played. They're on their own. Um, I, you know, if I got 10 people in here, there's 10 rigs and 10 questions. Now I'm running around all crazy trying to get everybody sorted. So for me in a public space, um, the ease of use was a major factor. Uh, and I knew it. I mean, I've been on it for two years. I know the programs. I know the schedules. I know the leagues. I know everything about it. And at that point, obviously it was just one less system uh, that I had to need needed to learn uh, to make this place run. So um, obviously interested in R factor, uh, a lot of respect for a set of Corsa and those out there interested to, to use them, but to get started, I just needed something ease of use and familiar to me. Well, you're speaking our language because uh, as you confirm that it's iRacing, I'm ready to plan a trip to San Jose. Uh, <laughs> I think that too. would I think that would be the coolest yep. thing. I mean, I think it's it's perfect. And I'm going to bring Patrick and Dre in here now. Uh, it's that's the perfect thing for iRacing and iRacing leagues because the three of us uh, participate in and run iRacing leagues. And can you imagine everybody generally everybody being in the same room? Um, I think the cool thing is, I mean, not everybody has to be in the same room, but having a group of however many people in the same space, if you have a problem on track, you're going to, you're going to talk it out probably before you head home, I assume. Yeah. We've, we've had a laugh when you're on iRacing. If someone crashes you out, they're probably in some other country. It's kind of tough to do anything more than to call them a bozo on the text. But, uh, when you're in here and uh, you know that guy that crashes you out is sitting three feet away from you, that's a very that's a very different situation. Um, I mean, we joke about it, you know. Uh, no, no fisticuffs in here. I'll throw you out. But uh, it's a much makes it much more realistic dynamic, um, and it's a lot more fun. I mean, we really. My goal is to make it a community. Um, another fun thing is like watch parties. We'll throw a big TV on the wall. We'll all watch the Daytona 500 together. You know, Formula One season will come around. If, if that track is on iRacing, then we'll watch the race at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning, and then we can jump in and go do that race. So it's always fun, um, as you mentioned, like with Mid-Ohio, any track that you're not familiar with, it's one thing to watch onboards, okay, it looks like this, or you look at track map, maybe it's got some elevation, okay, it's like this, but the car on the limit just about to slide through that corner that you didn't even realize was a corner uh, is always fun to get a first first person first seat perspective. So the community aspect and, and having everybody together is a, is a whole another element. That's uh, that's a lot of fun. So we're certainly going to foster that here. I do want to say, I think, I, I think Bozo is the nicest thing I've been called on uh, iRacing. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I try to treat all the podcasts like their family shows. So yeah, Bozo, <laughs> I actually, yeah, I, 
I saw it one time. I stole it. I didn't come up with it, but I thought it was hilarious. I have a button on my steering wheel that I hit, and it, it reads Italian hand gestures. And uh, <laughs> I just thought that that was universally applicable. That can be a, what are you doing? Uh, come on, let me through, or something a little bit more um, <laughs> aggressive. But I set it up on uh, I set it up on all 10 stations. There's a, It's a down arrow on the steering wheel, and people ask me what it's for, and I say if if something happens you don't like, that's the that guy's a bozo button. And uh, we had some friends over to uh, to run it, and uh, they were running some some pass or spin or whatever. A guy didn't like. He hit the he hit the button, and it said Italian hand gestures. And I got a chuckle because all ten guys started laughing, and two guys actually crashed because they were so busy. <laughs> And they started laughing, and then they crashed out. And it actually, I mean, I didn't think that I was a comedian, but it turned out to be a, a sort of a, a, a unexpected surprise um, twist to the event. It was a lot of good chuckle. Jason, I did. I did have a question for you. Actually, um, obviously, you know, running a bunch of rigs in, in your brick and mortar. Do you see any longevity difference w- with with the DDs between you know maybe a belt driven wheel? Have you run into any issues like that? I expect that there will be. Um, like I said, I would have preferred to go with the direct drive for the realism, and it's just a step higher in quality of, uh, of equipment. They weren't readily available to me, and, and Fanatec told me no, and quite frankly, that would have put a ding um, on the budget. I was fortunate to get most of the CSL elites being a previous generation on eBay, uh, and that saved me a couple hundred dollars a piece. It, it was funny putting a business together like this. Any single decision, like if your goal in mind is that ten rigs are going to be identical, such that no one has any excuse when they show up to a league that this guy has better equipment than I do. That was a priority for me, and also familiarity, equipment maintenance, these sorts of things. So I said, okay, ten rigs identical. Well, if you make a decision that's a $200 difference on any single rig, now you're multiplying that by 10. That's a $2,000 difference in bill cost. This had not crossed my mind when I was building my rig at home. So 200 bucks, 200 bucks out of 10 grand, I want the higher quality stuff. I spent my every dime to build this place and a few nickels that I had to borrow along the way. So those sorts of decisions had to be made. I would have preferred to go with, with DDs. I do expect in the future that there will be maintenance issues with the CSL elites, hoping at this point um, that cash flow will become regular enough that they're, I mean, we want to expand into, I want a VR rig and we'll probably get a motion rig and there's a whole world in front of us to advance to. Right now, I'm just uh, trying to make friends, build leagues and stay alive. So um, I do think in the long term, to answer your question, there will be some maintenance issues and availability issues with the CSL elites, but cross my fingers, uh, that will be far enough down the line that to step up and replace won't be an issue. I actually had a, Oh, go go ahead, Patrick. I actually had a question about uh, what kind of rigs do you have set up at all your stations actually? Yeah. um, They're just uh, right now. They're just stagnant stations, uh, stagnant uh, chassis built up on wooden platforms. Um, They were, uh, what are they? They're conquer, chassis just a basic like four hundred dollar chassis that you would get kind of my first um not quite to 80 20 again that's one of those things i wanted 80 in my mind it was 80 20s dds top of the line computers multiple monitors the whole thing and then uh it was a bit of a slap in the mouth when i added all that up so i had to try to be smart and dial a few things back so currently we're just on stationary chassis 
uh, to CSL Elite pedals, CSL Elite wheelbases. Did go big on the monitors because that's a wow factor and it's impressive. So there's 10 Samsung G9 49-inch monitors. And then above that is 10 Spectre 32-inch monitors, uh, engineering monitors at each station uh, to run sim racing apps. So I wanted people to have a track map. I wanted people to have relative, weather, driver info. I wanted people to walk in and say, this is cooler than I would have expected or that I feel like I could build at home. I felt like if it's just a basic chassis and a basic wheelbase and a basic monitor, maybe it's fun, but I, I need to knock socks off. So, so we're, we got the, the 10 static uh, chassis. There will be some haptics that come in um, mid-level wheelbases, nice quality, brand new HP gaming PCs uh, and multiple monitors per station. Man, I just hearing that about the monitors, I, I was just like, man, I'm getting envious now. I need to go out there. I mean, come on. I mean, I only have like a, a like a 32 inch monitor, just one, and that's it. I, I oh, 49, and you got 10 of them. Oh man, I'm jealous. <laughs> I know, and he and he's talking about he wanted to do 8020. I've been racing for sim racing for 10 years. I literally bought my 8020 oh, two days ago, so still waiting on that. <laughs> Like literally, and I a couple of months ago I got the DD, so I'm like, man, I'm behind. But uh, no, it's good to hear, man. It looks like you got some really good stuff over there, Jason. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, you know, it was bigger in my mind, but my experience in uh, sim racing for the last couple of years, I, the monitors were important to me uh, because it's bigger than what the average guy has on their desk. And when people, no one has walked into that place and not said wow yet. So I feel like we've uh, accomplished that there. I should have been on the podcast before I bought the monitors. You guys could have got stock in Samsung. It probably went up after I made that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, the the large overview of this type of thing is I, well, I mean, I wish I would, I, I really would love to start such a thing myself. Uh, I I respect and appreciate the, uh, the full send, basically the personal risk that that such an undertaking is, because it's it's big and it has its niche, but it can also be an unpredictable and, and risky thing to to start. Because motorsport, uh, I think we're riding a very nice wave from COVID, for better or worse, from from what that was. Uh, F one popularity in the United States is skyrocketing, and uh, I think all of that helps the virtual space because everybody who gets into one form of motorsport can, can kind of go down the rabbit hole. And uh, if you look, look up a place to kind of scratch that itch uh, it's few and far between. So I've found people that are passionate motorsport fans will travel um, that it's, it's very regional and uh, it's worth a trip. I mean, even if we didn't have a podcast, I would still have traveled four or five hours away to Asheville, North Carolina to visit uh, the sim racing center that we found there um, it's, it's an interesting experience, but then I, I also am curious about, and I can imagine that you have just drop-ins, walk-ins, people that just want to kind of see what, what is this about? Because it's, it is a very maybe risky, but it's unique, uh, in any community that it's in. It's, uh, it's a unique business and place to go for the social aspect, the skill aspect. Uh, I think it's good for sim racing. I think it's good for motorsport because I think people can find motorsport through just showing up and seeing what a sim racing center is about. Have you seen people come in and 
be maybe have no motorsport experience whatsoever and kind of get drawn to it? Not yet. Uh, and I actually uh, found a place kind of in the back of a little industrial park that you wouldn't even know existed as you drove down the boulevard, specifically for cost of space rent on a monthly basis. Yeah. And I didn't want to be on the strip mall between the cigarette store and the laundry mall. Um, my <laughs> get clientele, I mean, the, the guys that are coming in here now, I've been very fortunate to have been received so well with car clubs on Facebook. And with that in mind, the Ferrari club, the Porsche club, the, the NSX club, the, the super club, the RX seven club. If I'm next to the grocery store, do they really want to park their cars there and have the kid open the door on the station wagon into the door of their Porsche, right? Probably not. So this little space yeah. uh, kind of hidden away is perfect for nights and weekends. Cars can spread out. Um, guys are on Facebook talking about this will be our winter meetup hangout spot. Uh, you know, the fortunate uh, in the timing of the year um, by design in some aspects that uh, racing is cooling off. They're paving Laguna Seca. You know, the racing seasons are winding down. So if guys are looking for ways to continue to scratch that motorsports itch, as you said, or something fun to go do with their car club, this is a happy Saturday. Pull up at 10 in the morning, hang out for a couple of hours, drive your favorite track and uh, have a laugh. I was also very uh, sort of fortunate in that being in Northern California, San Jose is Silicon Valley. I mean, it's kind of tech capital of the West Coast anyway. And so it was nice that I feel like sim racing will have a higher acceptance in a tech hub than it will someplace yeah. off in the woods that, you know, doesn't have population enough to support it or isn't necessarily tech savvy to appreciate it. So you have to be kind of careful to pick your location. I'm a California Bay Area kid, uh, born and raised. So this is home. And to, for this to be my passion was uh, a sort of a fortunate uh, culmination of events, really. I like that location. And I like that concept because, um, yeah, I mean, you do. I, I feel like there is, there's a fine line between having the passionate, knowledgeable motorsport fans. Um, you mentioned, you know, kind of watch parties, and leading into the sim racing that's one thing i'm jealous of i know patrick said he was jealous and ready to head out there yeah. um a watch party of like-minded people that could could wax poetic about any part of a imza race or f1 race or indycar race is perfect because you go to your local sports bar you're not going to typically find um that type of stuff on the tv i think only only our group at petit Le Mans in 2021 ask for the sports bar to put on formula one in the morning. Uh, so, so it's a rare thing and it, it sounds like a, a good, good place to kind of build that community. Yeah. That, that that's critical yeah. because I, I, typically I had a laugh with friends. Um, I realized drive to, well, I realized what drive to survive had done for formula one. The first time that a formula one result was spoiled for me in the grocery store on a Sunday morning, <laughs> because if you watch baseball or football or whatever, and you wear your favorite team shirt into the local grocery store, someone will start talking to you about that team. 
I can, I'm a Ferrari guy. I could wear a Ferrari hat for 40 years and walk into any grocery store and they'll recognize the brand, but they won't tell me Leclerc got crashed out in turn one. And it finally happened earlier this season. I, you know, the races come on for me at 4.30 in the morning. They're on the DVR. Love my DVR. Go to the grocery store, buy some breakfast. And the guy in line next to me goes, oh, crazy start. Tough for Ferrari fans. And it dawned on me, like, I never had to worry about that in my entire life. But the popularity of Drive to Survive <laughs> now, everybody's a Formula One fan. And I, at first I was mad because you don't want any sport spoiled for you. And then I was in the car in the parking lot yeah. like, Wow. I mean, they can say multiple times the fan base globally, you know, you can hear, see all the forums online or, or all that sort of thing. But until, until it ruined a race for you, something that never dawned on you before in your entire life, did it really click in my brain that uh, racing is racing is riding a wave um, and I racing and, and sim racing, uh, especially like we discussed from, from COVID and, and drive to survive. So um it's not the first time anybody has put something like this together. I'm hoping I'm ahead of the curve in a place that will adopt it and, and love it. You know, we, we are the Tuesday night softball league for motorsports fans. We just got our first uh, Wednesday night uh, two nights ago. We had our first league race uh, was great rookie league um, guys that have some motorsports experience, but none of them have sim rigs. So, little bit of a crash fest, but uh, this is the origin of it, you know, for these guys. And we would love a NASCAR league, we'd love a women's league, we want, a, want a high school league. Like we said, we get some 14 and 15 year old kids some wheel time before they actually get out on the get out on the pavement. That's got to do some good for the community. So, yeah, there's 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 some risk to it. Um, but I've been very fortunate to have some help and a lot of optimism and support from from people in my life. So extremely grateful for that. And optimistic that uh it being unique and it being in a place that should hopefully adopt it that uh it'll fly i hope so i bet my balls on you you know i don't want me to backtrack but going back to just what drive to survive and the american company that took over f1 marketing has done for for f1 and brought that here to us for a more accessible time right because now the times are are mostly 8 a.m unless it's in the united states or mexico you know so i mean years ago i would do watch parties at my local bar i talked to the local bar said hey this race on at 4 a.m 3 a.m they'd be like yeah we'll stay open for it and we'd have four or five guys in there they'd make us bloody marys and we'd watch the races you know it was really cool but i love to see what's going on and and it's got to be a big benefit to guys like you you know creating something that we don't see often at you know in a brick and mortar sim racing store where now f1 is accessible to people and people watch it and they enjoy it i have my local guy i bowl on wednesdays he comes over and talks to me about everything and i'm just like he would have never in his you know 10 years ago ever brought f1 up to me and now he's talking about it every wednesday so it's it's really cool to see and and, and seeing you know, people like yourself being able to do what you do I, I get a kick out of guys coming in talking about being big Formula One fans and they maybe they race a Miata locally or they do some some solo two around some cones. Hey man, you want to drive a Formula One car? You want to see what that what Suzuka looks like? Through one thirty R flat out in a video game, and then you'll uh, have a little appreciation for it the next time you watch the Japanese Grand Prix. Usually blows people's brains out. They just they cannot believe 
Put him House in the W twelve at Bathurst. That's always fun. <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite. W twelve Bathurst is is a fucking blast. Now, <laughs> just rip the wheels off the car when the tub bounces off of the asphalt. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah. <laughs> they skip like a stone down the backside of that thing, and then a oh, man hang on to it when you run that downhill straightaway flat out. That would just be incredible. I mean, it's just it's not possible, but. <laughs> I think the coolest thing about a physical space uh, like this and, and with iRacing just gets me even more excited because we just, that's, that's our thing here is iRacing. Um, eventually building yourself up with, when you have the clientele is, is creating endurance events, you know, a four hour, a five hour, a six hour race, something like that. Uh, hell, even at some point, a 24 hour race, a 24 hours of Daytona that you host. Um, Definitely. Uh, th- that just sounds amazing. Set up your sleeping bag in the center. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I was just having a laugh with a buddy about that today. 10 rigs, 10 teams, call it a 24 at Daytona or short course or something to keep the action up. And, uh, you know, four guys per team, maybe motorhomes in the parking lot. I'm drive security crazy, probably get me thrown out of here. But uh, that would something like that would be a lot of fun. Um, just a, the community and being in the same space and a laugh, you know, for like we discussed for a lot of other sports, that Tuesday night league, those guys are all at that place and you can, you know, slap a guy on the back and how you've been. And for iRacing, you know, you don't really have that. So with a place like this, we really want to really want to nurture it. And, and hopefully with the increase in popularity in motorsports and something like this, that will come on. Yeah. As I look at simracersgroup.com, I see so many opportunities for folks, uh, leagues, um, HPDE experiences, driving academy, sim rig consultation, young drivers program. Uh, I feel like the options and the opportunities are endless with this. Um, So many different programs and possibilities for folks that are interested in it. Uh, As we wrap up... um, how can folks learn more about what you guys do at SimRacers Group? Yeah, check out the check out the website. Uh, email me at info at simracersgroup.com. Happy to chat about it. If you're in the area, come on by. Uh, we're currently open 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., seven days a week. And individually, your first hour is free. Come in, jump in. What do you love? You're a road racer, oval racer, rally cross, iRacing has it all. And uh, we love to have a laugh and talk about it. So, Come check us out. Shoot me an email. Get a get a group of together. Have a party, and uh, you know, go from there. It's uh, no contracts, no commitments. If you've ever wondered what a lap around Daytona in a NASCAR feels like, come check us out. We're here. A business model and an opportunity that we're fascinated about here on Into the Apex. Jason Kotcher of the Sim Racers Group. SimRacersGroup.com. Thanks so much for spending time with us on the show this evening. Thanks for the invite, guys. Great to be here. We'll be right back with some news from the Wrong Stuff Racing League after the break on Into the Apex. Don't go anywhere. More Into the Apex is coming up. Tired of getting caught up in the mayhem of Turn 1? So are we. Although we can't protect you from disasters in iRacing, we can protect you and your family from mayhem on the road or at home. The Allstate Javicki Agency proudly protects families in Ohio and Pennsylvania. 
Give John a call today at 412-561-6239. Mention Mad Sim Racing and Into the Apex when calling to receive a gift card with a qualified quote, no purchase necessary. That's the Allstate Javicki Agency covering Ohio and Pennsylvania, 412-561-6239. This episode is brought to you by the racing fans at Great Hire HR. Whether you're hiring one employee or 100, Great Hire will let you keep doing what is important, running your business. For more information, visit greathirehr.com. You've just achieved your greatest accomplishment as a sim racer. Now what? Don't let it become just another stat you never see. Alien Awards is a service run by and for sim racers, creating clearly printed plaques on solid surfaces, something you can display proudly to mark a major victory and show off your team and sponsors. Whether you're an individual driver looking to create a memory or a league owner looking to take your season to the next level, Alien Awards can help. These are quality awards I know because I've won one. There are no setup or design fees, and shipping in the U.S. is free. Take your sim racing career to new heights. Visit alienawards.net. This episode is also brought to you by Bad Weather Brewing Company, located in St. Paul, Minnesota. Bad Weather Brewing Company serves up craft beers such as the Fog of War Hazy IPA or the Immortal Toast Infused White Stout, and some of the best design cans you'll see, by the way. For the tap list and to grab your mug, visit badweatherbrewery.com. This episode of Into the Apex is brought to you by our partners at Track Racer. Since 2008, Track Racer has been designing and pioneering the best value, high-end gaming platforms and accessories. Track Racer products are made from the highest quality materials that offer unsurpassed durability. Track Racer is supported by recognizable names such as Haley Deegan, Ross Chastain, Alex Pillow, and Alpine F1 team. Check them out through the link on our website, IntoTheApex.com, and support the show today. into the apex second half time and uh, what a hell of a segment there uh, sim racing physical locations it's the coolest thing to me uh, and, and there aren't enough of them uh, we're going to continue to talk sim racing here because uh, we have uh, a little bit something we've been teasing all episodes so far uh, it's it's apropos because you're here dre and uh, patrick's here who's been uh, working on this a bit with us Early stages, but we're pretty locked down. Uh, we've got a pretty cool announcement. Uh, into the Apex slash Mad Sim Racing, the wrong stuff racing, uh, running a team and leagues uh, in a similar way that we do. We've come together, uh, ourselves and Dre and his organization and his crew, uh, and taken two, uh, I'd love to say powerhouse organizations without any kind of uh, ego to two organizations and groups of people that are passionate and motivated motivated is the key and uh, we've we've put our heads together and we've got some projects in the works one we're not going to quite announce yet so i'm going to leave a teaser on the side table but uh, one we are going to announce tonight right now uh, and that is in march 2022 2023 shit drum roll 
They're drum rolling on the camera. March 2023. <laughs> there will be. I don't know what you were just doing, Patrick, but I don't think I'm March I was trying to make a drum 18th. noise. But I, okay. I, okay. I just edit that. Okay. Up. Anyways. No, no editing. Patrick, whatever was happening there stays. Uh, March 2023, there will be a new 24 hour race to contend with. The 24 hours of Red Bull Ring. A track and a course that we discussed, uh, I feel like a few episodes ago, what would be a good course for a 24-hour race? Red Bull Ring won the day. Uh, and we're going to do this, Dre, to benefit MS. Uh, we're working on that and, and getting that in motion. Uh, but uh, quite excited about this because Mad Sim Racing into the Apex, the wrong stuff, which will be the primary host with Into the Apex's sponsorship and support. Uh couldn't be more excited for this to come next year. I'll tell you what, Tyler. I'm, I'm with you, man. Um, we've talked about doing something together for a little bit now, and uh, not to be big-headed, but you know, WSRL and Mad Sim getting together to do this is, is a huge project for us. Um, and benefiting the MS Society is going to be huge. I, I We've been affected in our family with MS. Um, one of our drivers on our team actually has MS, and he uses paddles on his uh, wheel for brake and throttle because he has a little bit of limited use with his legs. Um, so putting this together as a benefit but also a competitive race at the same time is going to be really exciting man and um i'm glad you guys are with us on this and we got a lot of things coming in the future as well but this 24 hour is just going to be a blast i think i feel like red bull ring as a course is we i mean we were really brainstorming what would be a unique but necessary race because i mean to do a 24 hour race you can't just pick any track uh, we, we've tried to you know you, you brainstorm events and Sometimes you get ahead of yourself. Sometimes you, you find tracks and combinations that are only interesting to you individually. Uh, but I feel like Red Bull Ring, it's, 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 an, it's a course that you won't get quite exhausted at. It's a course that's, that's nice and wide. It's, it's friendly to multi-class, which is what this will be. Um, I feel like it's, it's the perfect one to see that day to night, dust to morning transition. Uh, and it's going to be unique in that regard uh, because we obviously we don't see any other events there like this throughout the year. We're tucking this in March around the Sebring 12. Uh, I think it'll fit really nicely uh, between Daytona, Bathurst, Sebring, and then you can sign up and do this Red Bull 24 uh, with your sim racing team. And, and then the Nürburgring in April. I think it's going to fit nice in between all of these events. And it's it's also the same week um ms week is also the 13th through the 19th so um i believe that's the correct dates uh but yeah. the 18th for our race so um it's huge to be able to do that during that time as well so i think this is uh this is huge for us this is a big undertaking i think as well um but uh, we should have uh some more details soon for everybody and where to sign up and get info so stay tuned to uh the into the apex yeah, we'll, we'll be promoting it on the show and we'll be discussing it. But yeah, more details to be announced. The fine details uh, are yet to come, but the date and the length and the course and the cause uh, are all buttoned down at this point. Uh, so we're quite excited to make the debut of this uh, information on this show tonight on this episode. Uh, and um, yeah, pumped up about it. Patrick, you're involved in this, I know. 
Patrick, you were crucial in the Stand Up to Cancer uh, iRacing uh, charity event that we ran at, at Mad Sim Racing uh, last yeah. spring. And, um, yeah, Patrick, no stranger to uh, charity events through through iRacing. Yeah, so uh, this is something I really, you know, I think it's a great cause to get behind. I think this is a really unique event, and I think overall this is just going to be a fucking awesome time. Honestly, that's all. And I think that's what I want everybody that's involved with it from drivers to admin to whatever. I want everyone to just have a fun time. I think that's, and I think that's what we all want. So I, I couldn't agree with you more, Patrick, honestly on that. We're here to have fun. This is what we do in sim racing. At the end of the day, it's gotta be fun, right? If it's not fun, we're, we're not going to do it. Right. So let's set up an event where we can just have a blast and also benefit an awesome, you know, awesome charity as well. So I'm pumped. You guys are with us. And, uh, I wish we could talk about more because we got some more, but uh, that's oh, just a little teaser yeah. or some stuff. Uh, I know you want to talk about. I know it we want to tease it. We want to tease. We do. The we do, man. We got to hold back. We got to hold back. <laughs> you know. But uh, I'm excited for what uh, you guys uh, into the Apex Mad Sim and and WSRL are going to be doing together in the future, man. I'm super pumped, and thank you for letting me be involved with you guys as well. So. Yeah, excited for that. I mean, Red Bull Ring. It's um, it's a fun track. I I mean, I'm getting ready for Suzuka. I don't know if I think Patrick, you're sitting out Suzuka, the Suzuka ten hours. Yeah, I don't do Suzuka. Dre, are you? We've got four teams. Oh, that we had practice tonight. I didn't make. Um, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) last second, I was like, shit, I gotta do this podcast. I'm sorry, guys. Uh He's like, what the. I'm like, I'll figure it out. I'm sure. Oh, you're good. I mean, that's that's a, that's a tough track. That's a physical yeah. track. Patrick, you didn't do it last year, did you? No, I, I've never done it, and it, I never will. Why? I don't like Suzuka. I forgot about it. Great so, track. so here's my thing with Suzuka. Uh, I I feel like you you start in in the endurance year, the special event year on iRacing. You start out so so powerful. Uh, with the Rolex 24, uh, and it flows from there month to month. You have an event roughly every month, uh, and then you get to Petite, and you're kind of, okay, Petite, yeah, I like Road Atlanta. I do. It's deadly, though. Uh, and then I'm like, Suzuka. Suzuka snuck up on me last year. I was not excited about it. I was not familiar with the track in 2021, but I, but yet I did do the event uh, with a three-man team in the Porsche, and we finished on the podium in 2021, uh, it was my last, well, no, no, no. It was my next to last special event on iRacing with the Logitech G29. Uh, so I was driving that wheel uh, and uh, I, I enjoyed the flow of it and, and I really loved loved it. I, something about that event last year, uh, I felt like I was really race. I, I don't know. It was. It's tough to describe. I felt like I, I was so locked in. I was idea. really feeling that immersion, as Bradley would say. Uh, so I didn't mean to interrupt, this, yeah. But so, I have a great idea. Yeah, yeah sorry, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. Just quit ahead. talking. You talk. You talk enough anyway. I do. Let's let's. <laughs> I'm waxing poetic <laughs> about Suzuka. Go ahead. You are, but I'm. I got a great idea. Kind of. We should match up guys from the my team and your teams. Not just straight up, you know, 
the wrong stuff team or mad sim racing team but we mix them together for this race like me me patrick and whoever and another guy we mix them up and do some kind of inner team uh togetherness i guess you want to call it yes together i think that would be fun I togetherness think, love I, <laughs> I think whatever I think whatever makes Patrick do this race, since he's so averse to it, is a good idea. I, I already have prior obligations with work, so <laughs> is it a Patrick? Is it a yeah. funeral? No, it good lord. You, you think my my life is doom and gloom all the time. No. No, it's not. I'm I'm trying to get that extra cheddar so I can start going kart racing next year. Oh okay? cheddar. I was gonna say if it's not a if I need it's to get not that a, cheddar. I was going to say, Patrick, if it's not a hot date, sign up for Suzuka, my man. I, no, I'm trying to get ready for uh, karting season. I'll allow it. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do the inner team uh, thing for 24 hour. I'm not opposed to it. Actually, we've no, done no, that no, before. No. We've done it I before with, be an all, with an Australian team. We did a hybrid team two years Ooh. ago. Yeah, we did. But we yep. could probably put, I mean, I've got 11 guys on my team. We oh, could get psh. easy three teams out of that. Easy. I think so. Ooh, that would be fun. Oh, we'll talk. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, but, uh, we'll yeah we'll see what happens. I'm I'm just dis- well. Patrick won't be doing Suzuka for next year. Patrick, next year, you're on my team. Patrick, don't disappoint. Uh, I'm looking to the MTech race. That's where I'm looking. Okay, for. MTech. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it. I love the track. It's a flowing track, but it's a very physical track. I came back from my vacation over the weekend. Uh, I participated in an IMSA Suzuka race, and my forearms were very sore. Uh, so it's not a lazy 10-hour race. certainly not. Um, but yeah, from there, it's all Daytona. And um, I'm going to therapeutically distance myself from this whole GTP LMP2. What's iRacing going to do? Uh, nonsense. Uh, because I, I've gone on and on about it. All I'm going to do is panic myself, and uh, son of a bitch, I'm not going to, not going to have fun. It's it's, it's all we're going to last fun. minute throw GTP in the 24 hour race just to see how you react. <sighs> Me and Patrick will talk about it. It's fine. What will Dre? What would you do if if they if they throw that BMW? If you find out less than a month before the Daytona 24 and I racing that the BMW GTP is available for that event. Are you going to bandwagon it, or are you going to stick with your guns beforehand? I, I, <laughs> I, I don't have a dude. You threw me out a spot. I don't have an answer right this second. I don't know what I would do. I would probably stick GT3 because that's my bread and butter, and probably most people, unfortunately. But it's just so sexy. I kind of want to drive it, <laughs> uh, and I'm sure, dude. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I, I think if that came out for Daytona, all our drivers, we would we would be all be driving GTP cars, one hundred percent. My if I fear, could see it my, I know my guys, and I they'd be like, yeah, 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 that's fine, GTP. We don't know it. We'll figure it out. We'll we'll practice for an hour. My my overarching <laughs> Patrick, I mean guys, my overarching fear is splits that are just GTP, <laughs> splits that are just BMW GTP. It's a nightmare. Ooh. It's a nightmare to have that. Oof, you got to have that, that mix. A, that would be a nightmare. Okay, I, oh. I agree with that. Oof, that would be bad. But Fuck I mean, that shit. Do you, 
<laughs> I mean, I think legitimately that people have, I mean, excuse me, but such a hard on for this car when it comes out that uh, that will it, happen. It's going to be a, if it comes out before Daytona, it's going to be for like, you know, two or three months. People are just going to be rock solid for this car. I mean, we saw that with the Mercedes when it came out. We saw the Mercedes get so overused. Uh, oh. it, it, it's just a fact of the matter when they you know gave what? us the new Evo. If they can't, if they put the Lexus out in GT3, I'll never drive another car, mm-hmm. even if it was slow. <laughs> I would drive it. That's the only thing. Because man, I gotta get. I need some Toyota love in iRacing. So you're that's a the closest fan. thing. Are you? Yeah, man. I've owned like seven. <laughs> I've had a very reliable Toyota myself. I will say. I I love man. That's that, that those are that's my dog. His Toyota man. So it's. I, uh, I would love to see. I, I would love to see something other than the Camry, you know. For I mean, I own a Camry, but you know, um, other than the Camry and the NASCAR, you know, the next gen or whatever they call that. I don't race oval, so I apologize to anybody. You're gonna about to yell at me here in a minute, um, but uh, <laughs> Patrick, Patrick's the only Sorry. oval guy on Into the Apex. Oh, did I just mess oh. it up? It's not next gen. It is the. Oh no, you got it. Okay, right. I was right. I was right. You got it right. But I'm just, I'm the only old, god damn. I think iRacing will give us, before the Lexus, if the Lexus at all, uh, we'll get that Toyota Gazoo racing series that's a support series next year. We're going to get that. Not, why don't I know about this? Oh, boy. Uh, oh, boy is right. I, I just, well, I just went from uh, six to midnight pretty quickly, buddy. Toyota Gazoo, Google. Let's Google. <laughs> Let's Google Let's together Google. here. I'll do it. I'm in. I'm in Google's. I'm in the Googles. Yeah, I'm on the computer. Let's Google together. Toyota Gazoo supports Toyota Gazoo Racing Support Series. Toyota G Toyota's GR Cup will debut under the SRO banner in 2023. And Whoa. look at the car. Oh, it's a nice is that, car. Is it a Corolla? What the hell is that? It's not Patrick. It's not a Corolla. I didn't say it was a no. It was me. Corolla. Looks it's like um. Uh, oh, is it a um? It's the one that they use in the uh, Xfinity series. No, Supra. Supra. Supra? Ah, it doesn't look. Like it's a Supra. No, that's that's not a. Supra. That's a Supra. That is not a Supra, dude. You guys see it? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So you have Lamborghini Supra next Trofeo. weekend. It, it, well, I'm looking at rally. Sorry, I'm looking at some rally shit. Hold on. It's it's akin to the Porsche Carrera Cup, the Lamborghini Super Trofeo, the Ferrari series. It's one of those single make series, uh, and it's going to be part of the SRO schedule to an extent next year. Interesting. Look, uh, if you need, if you have, what is it? GR86. Correct. Yes, I was just going to okay. say Toyota GR86. Yeah, so that's the the Scion FRS, which has been rebranded yeah. Toyota 86 with the GR edition. Gotcha. Okay. I could see us getting that in iRacing because we get we get a lot of the single make series in iRacing. I could see Toyota letting them scan that. That'd be cool. I'd be so, down. And I'm interested to see. I think they're going to come to VIR next year, so that's probably where I will see them. But uh, yeah, go Toyota, TRG. Hell yeah, boy! They're well established in in uh, endurance racing, uh, in the hypercar. But I feel like they're going to be the old hat. 
uh, when you get all the new manufacturers next year. I'm just excited for some things to come. So, rain, whatever, new cars, all that shit. You know what I mean? It's just like... It, oh, don't say exciting. the R word. Don't say the R word. Oh, boy. What? Which oh, word? Did I tr- trigger? Hashtag triggered. What'd you say, Patrick? I am triggered. To the rain. <sighs> I, I still have... I thought of this last year for Daytona. I just had this We're not getting Patrick. It's not going to rain at the Daytona 24 in 2023. It's just not. I'm not saying it is, but it's not. What if it does? You said what earlier, Tyler, about new things, you know, big big things that come up at the beginning of the year for iRacing. But not rain. Just Let's rain like, together, a, week, like a week before Daytona. Yeah, we got rain. Patrick. <laughs> We, we went through this last year. We thought there was a rumor. Somebody found a piece of code, and they thought that it meant rain. Let's say it, say it with me, Patrick. It's not going to rain in the 2023 Daytona 24. It's not. It's how just long not- have they been talking about rain? And how long have they been developing this rain? Well, when it rains, it needs to be real. Like I need to get wet. Okay. When it oh, rains, I when it rain, when it finally rains on iRacing, I need to get wet. I took that completely. Well, you get wet when it's still dry on the track, apparently. So I mean, I mean sun setting. Oh, well, we all know that, or sun rising, even in some cases. I mean, I like a nice sunset in iRacing. It does make me wet. <laughs> Wait, what? <sighs> Again, again. <laughs> you're cut off you're cut off no or should he have more wink wink <laughs> yeah just oh just not recording <laughs> oh boy oh boy oh it's not patrick you're gonna be fine don't panic don't pa- i see you're you anxious, panic patrick. about the gtp i'll panic about the ring and we'll just call it even there I am slightly panicked about my practice. I, I, I cherish my practice for Daytona. But Yet you're the one who can't practice for more than five minutes. I, I really can't. My attention span is very short when I'm not. So you're talking about practice. You sit, I'm going to be Allen Iverson right here. You sitting here talking about practice? I'm talking about <laughs> racing. <laughs> talking about talking competition. About practice. Mm. Speaking of practice, <laughs> oh, real quick, I got to bring this up because it makes me feel good. Um, <laughs> we had a race um, at uh, Circuit Gillenuve, I believe it's how you say it. Um, Gillenuve? Yeah. Um, I bought it. So we had a race this past Tuesday uh, for our WSRL sprint. Though so Friday before, I bought it. I raced that night. I practiced for three hours that night. That's it. And I won my I won the race in my class on Tuesday, um, so I was like, okay, I don't know how that worked. And the guys were like, my my, my teammates were saying I was sandbagging. They're like, you've been practicing for weeks. And I'm like, no, no, I literally just bought it. I'll show you the invoice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, gentlemen, it's been a hell of a show. Yes, uh, I'm ready to go sim racing in San Jose, California, after tonight. Uh, I'm ready to build that community of motorsport fans. 
but thrilled to have everybody a part of this show. Uh, you guys, the listeners, everybody included, uh, we all kind of bring it together. Let's circle the wagons, everybody, uh, at the track near you, at the event coming up on the road show, uh, beginning with the Rolex 24 in 2023. Uh, Dre, thanks for joining us from the Wrong Stuff Racing. Check them out. If you're on iRacing, Patrick Stein, Mr. Reliable, here in the studio. Uh, Rob, I hope you got the skunk out of your dog's fur because that's what Rob was dealing with. You cannot make this shit up. Tomato and Bradley, uh, Mr. COVID himself, uh, yet again. So that's where we're at. The COVID. <laughs> COVID. He's got the COVID. It's got the COVID. Got the COVID. Uh, gentlemen, let's, uh, we'll, we'll continue the chat. But uh, for the episode, uh, this episode, we'll be uh, wrapping it up. Everybody, we'll see you next week on Into the Apex. You've been listening to Into the Apex from Mad Jim Racing Media. Check out the show's upcoming road trips and join the community at IntoTheApex.com. 